them boys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We making noise. Hold on. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the Proper Picks podcast. It's been a couple weeks. There's been too much going on. I really hate it because I'm trying to stay consistent here, dropping these pods and the YouTube best bets. We've been extremely consistent on the TikTok and Twitter side of things. A little easier to get the content out daily when you're working a full-time job and taking your daughter for her third birthday to Disney World for the week. So, uh, yeah, that's where we've been and down in Orlando. It was nice. Big news out of Auburn. Let's just start there. Hugh Freeze hired as the head coach right after the Iron Bowl. Took a little while. Names were thrown around. Obviously, we talked about Lane Kiffin, Matt Rule. There were some names being tossed. They land on Hugh Freeze. Looks like it was 1A, 1B. I think they couldn't just square things away with Kiffin. I think Hugh Freeze um, is a good hire for Auburn. I don't think it's a good hire uh, morally in the eyes of all the uh, morality police out there. But as far as football goes, this was a good hire. This is definitely an upgrade from Brian Harson. Um, and this isn't a beat-up Harson thing. It just didn't work. It wasn't working. Um just is what it is. Freeze has already brought on some assistants. Uh, he's bringing his D-line coach from Liberty, Jeremy Garnett. Seems to be a popular guy with a lot of the, uh, I guess you would say, pundits out there. Um, has a good pedigree. We'll see. Wesley McGriff will come back to Auburn. He was there in the 16 and 17 with Gus. He was the co-defensive coordinator at Louisville, so um, he's going to take over the DB spot. Jake Thornton, the O-line coach at Ole Miss, will also be coming over. The interesting ones, the QB coach, the OC, and the DC are yet to be named, and more importantly, the OC and DC. Um, all kinds of names are being thrown around. Um, it's interesting to see you know, where he's going to go with this. They're saying Arnett from Mississippi State, who is a very good defensive-minded football coach, has had Mississippi State, I believe, top 25 in the last three years, and that's not that easy to do there with the offense they run. He's supposedly the lead candidate. We'll see. OC, I haven't heard much. Um, a lot of people are thinking it might be because um, there's a playoff, you know, looming, and maybe we're going after a bigger name from a bigger school. We'll see. But all in all, um, I think this is going to be one of those scenarios where the fan base is so pissed off because of this, what this dude did at Ole Miss and rumors that speculate about the guy and – you know, he's doing that whole PR thing. I'm a Christian now, and I don't know. Some people just don't buy that. I think winning cures everything. If this guy goes, you know, let's be realistic, you know, seven and five, eight and four, nine and three in his first year, I think nine and three would have to be the ceiling. Um, six and six, seven and five is a little more realistic. Um, and you give him that year to really hit the portal, get the get the recruiting going. Um, by year two, let's see what kind of product he can throw out there. And if, you know, God forbid he strikes lightning like Gus did year one, you might see uh, you might see that fan base change the tune a little bit because I'm telling you winning cures everything. Let's say this guy five years from now has Auburn in the top 10 or top 15 discussion every year. I don't think many people are going to look back and say it was a bad hire. Um, in other news, monster news, Deion Sanders, your new head coach at Colorado. I mean, this whole thing's wild. If you're a 
Twitter or TikTok fan, probably even Reddit. Um, this stuff is just like gold. You can't look away. Not because it's a train wreck. It's just Dion is that captivating. I mean, let's just start first things first. There was a snippet that was put out um, of him meeting with the Colorado players um, for the first time. They had him walking in with a theme song on. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Looks like the athletic director was the one who walked him in there. Um, the music's kind of playing. It's a hair awkward, a little cringy, and then the music stops, and he, you know, in Dion fashion goes, and that's how you walk in. Um, the snippet that kind of went viral was basically him saying, um, it basically said, you guys need to hit the portal. Um, so the the most people's, I guess, perception was he was telling all these dudes, basically, you won't be playing here next year, but that's not really what was happening. Um, the funny line that he said was, you know, I'm bringing my luggage with me, and it's Louie. Um, I don't know, a little cringy, but also pretty swaggy. Uh, but the whole bit of the conversation, which, of course, the media doesn't give you because they're going to do anything to make him look a certain way, was basically he was saying, if you're not going to buy in to be dominant and excellent and, you know, win the day, coach speak, rah, rah, um, you need to go ahead and hit the portal. Um, and that's kind of what aired. But, man, this is going to be crazy. I imagine the portal – um, will be his best friend. He's already said he's going to bring his son over to play quarterback. Uh, he did say he was going to have to fight for the job, but they also only plugged the snippet where he said, there's your quarterback. Um, it'll be interesting. Colorado's been terrible, um, what seems to be now for almost a decade. So uh, they're they're obviously trying to right the ship. The deal's pretty big. I think it's $5 million. Uh, I think the AD said they didn't even have the money yet, but they will have it. Um, it's interesting. Deion Sanders got his power five job. My only take with him is if this thing goes well, like two, three years, let's just say, let's just say Colorado somehow flips from, you know, you know, outhouse to the penthouse quickly. Deion going to go get him a bigger job. I mean, somebody going to want him and somebody's going to pay him. So um, with that said, the transfer portal is open in college football, and it is a shit show. Um, Jesus Christ, I believe I saw 800 players had hit the portal um, after 48 hours of it being open. Um, and it should slow down. That was what I was kind of reading was that this happens, you know, a bunch of names go in, it slows. But there's some big names in this portal. And, you know, there's good offensive linemen out there like crazy. Um, there's a couple tight ends from South Carolina and Florida International that'll be highly coveted. And then there's obviously the big name quarterbacks, Leary from NC State. And to me, what was a surprising move will be transferring. I've seen Wisconsin. Um, I've seen a couple other schools attached. Um, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. That's one you can keep an eye on for Auburn. Um, I hear they will be going after him. It'll be interesting to see with Robbie Ashford how that goes. Um, Sanders had a pretty decent year at Oklahoma State. Was sketchy in a lot of games, though. I saw him play a lot. And then probably the biggest name off the board, DJ Ugalalele uh, from Clemson. He got benched in the ACC championship and um, is now looking for a new home. I've seen all kinds of names thrown out for him. Um, UCLA, because he's from around that area. Um, I've seen Florida. I've seen Notre Dame. I've seen Big 12 schools. Uh this will be a great rehab job for him, kind of like Bo Nix. Kind of reminds me of the same thing, except obviously Clemson being a little, you know, a better program than Auburn. But uh, Oregon was another school announced, and it really makes sense for me that. And wouldn't that be nice for Dan Lanning to come into Oregon and get Bo Nix for one year, and then get DJ Ugalalele? It should give you time to get a young quarterback ready to go. But 
I mean, I'm telling you, there's just names everywhere. Hudson Card from Texas is transferring. Um, Iowa's quarterback is leaving. Then you've got guys declaring for the NFL draft. So that means bowl opt-outs. I mean, if you're betting on this, which is obviously what we do, you've got to be real strategic when to take these bets. You know, it's all fine and dandy to, you know, grab a bowl game early if you really like a line. But, man, I feel like if you necessarily grabbed Alabama at minus five against Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, and then Bama's got, what, 10, 11 players now um, hitting the portal, none of them really huge contributors. But then say you've got Will Anderson and Bryce Young and a couple of these other guys going pro, are they going to play, are they not? That, that's obviously a huge part of the spread there. Um, I think you really – if you're betting early, you got to really be betting on teams that aren't going to have anybody – declaring pro um kind of like jackson nigba from uh ohio state and he's his team's playing a playoff rumor has it that he's not eligible so it wouldn't have mattered anyway but you just got to be careful when you're laying these games um switching over to the world cup we are down to the final eight it's been pretty exciting i've caught what i could you know these are going at such random times since the cup's being held in qatar in our final eight, we're going to have Netherlands versus Argentina. That should be a showdown. France versus England, kind of your classic battle there. Croatia versus Brazil, that's kind of your heavyweight versus your underdog. There's always got to be a couple underdogs. And then you've got Morocco versus Portugal. Portugal's cruising, and that's kind of without Ronaldo. And then Morocco shocks the world and beats Spain yesterday in a shootout. Morocco's goalie is getting a lot of attention. This dude's just an animal. Um, but yeah, pretty exciting World Cup. I mean, you know, if you're getting uh, you're getting what you want out of it, I, I guess you'd like Argentina versus France or England. Say Argentina, England, and then get Brazil, Portugal in the other semi. If that's your final four, I mean, the ratings are going to be through the roof. If you wanted a Cinderella story, obviously you could throw Croatia or Morocco in there. But um, I'd say Brazil and Portugal are sitting on the best side to advance because the top four: Netherlands, Argentina, France, and England are all very strong. Um, moving into college basketball. We're about eight nine eight nine games in right now, and uh, I think you know every year I say the same thing when it comes to college basketball. The parity is so good; um, so many teams are so equal. Anybody can win it, type shit, and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing number one teams going down, uh, undefeated teams. I believe we're only down now to eleven undefeated teams in the country. Um, Auburn is actually one of them. Uh, the schedule hasn't been super difficult so i don't think it's a far stretch for anyone to say they're surprised that auburn's eight and oh but there's a lot of really good teams this year we'll rattle off the top 10 houston at one texas is currently two but lost last night to a very good illinois team we almost had illinois on the money line but backed away uh virginia at three they survived james madison last night and that's kind of what i mean you see number three team surviving james madison Purdue at four, UConn at five. Watch out for UConn. They are very strong this year. Um, beat a very good Bama team um, pretty handedly. Uh, Kansas at six, uh, Tennessee at seven, Bama at eight, Arkansas at nine, three SEC teams there at seven, eight, nine, and Arizona at 10. I'm not as familiar with Zona yet. I mean, I, you know it's Arizona, so they're going to be good, but I do think that, you know, from seeing box scores at least, it it's just one of those things where some of these schools just get the ranking. Auburn actually sits at number 11, so it's pretty crazy to think. And also, Kentucky's at 16, so I believe that means five of the top 16 are SEC schools, um, which is where you've seen this thing shift over the last couple of years. 
Um, but let's specifically let's talk a little Bama and Auburn basketball because obviously both teams are very, very competitive this year. Bama to me has the slight edge right now, even though they are seven and one. Um, that one loss is to UConn. They have played a schedule so far, um, you know, because of their tournament they went to, beat North Carolina, beat Michigan State, lost to UConn. A very good showing. Um, I believe that was the Phil Knight Invitational. But really it's about more what they have on deck. They've got number one in the country, Houston, this Saturday at their place. And if you remember, that game got super heated last year. Um, I think Houston has this game circled. It's not a knock on Bama. I just think Houston's going to – who's looked – now, with their schedule, looked really good. I think Houston might come out on top there. But they get Memphis and Gonzaga right behind it. Really like them against Memphis. Memphis, to me so far, is solid. Um, but Bama just looks too strong for them. And then they get Gonzaga. I believe the game's in Birmingham. That thing will be sold out, rocking. They beat Gonzaga last year, basically at their own place in Spokane. Um, that one, to me, is more of the question mark toss-up. I think the FPI has... Gonzaga is like a one-point favorite right now, but we're also like 10 days out, so that line will obviously move. But I look for Bama to get out of this stretch at 9-2. and two. And with the schedule they played, that, I mean, it basically, you have basically have to have a heart attack to not get in the NCAA tournament. Auburn, to me, is a little more of a question mark. Um, George Mason, St. Louis, South Florida, Northwestern, those are the best teams Auburn's played so far. And they've survived a couple, St. Louis and Northwestern, not playing very well. Um, one in Cancun and one at um, one at home against St. Louis. I think the problem I have compared with Bama is that you just don't really have – Bama's got Brandon Miller, and he's dominant. Quinterly's a very experienced guard in the SEC, and it seems like the pieces around Bama fit a little better. Auburn so far has looked like a very streaky team, and that is scary, just like last year when you got down to the NCAA tournament time and you were streaking the wrong way. You got by Jacksonville State because, let's face it, you're Auburn, they're Jacksonville State, but then you ran into a buzzsaw in Miami and shot like 12% from the field, and your, ta your athletes couldn't get it done. Um, Auburn's got Memphis, USC, and Washington on deck. They're going on the road to USC and Washington. I don't think the USC environment is going to be wild, but Washington has been waiting for us to come up there. We They came down our way a couple years ago, and with COVID and some things that got switched around, a lot of their fan base saying that we were too scared to come up their way, which is absolutely ridiculous. But I do think it will be three tough ball games for Auburn. Um, I like Auburn at, in Atlanta against Memphis. Um, Auburn's going to have a week off to get ready for that game. Memphis, they've kind of been up and down, but they don't have that star power that they have had the last couple years. Um, and I think Auburn's just a hair better than them at the moment. The USC game, to me, I think it's a little bit of a coin flip just because of the road trip, but I think Auburn can actually get that dub there. The one I'd be worried about is Washington. So I see Auburn 10-1, and 9-2 and two, um, leaving this scenario. And let's say you get 9-2, and two, and let's say Bama only drops one of the next three, um, which is kind of what we're predicting here. You could have Auburn and Bama both 9-2, and two, both probably top 20 teams going into SEC play. Auburn's going to open with Florida. Bama's going to open with Mississippi State. Should be two really solid tests out the gate. But nonetheless, very exciting um, now that football is kind of winding down. Our show will shift more to the basketball side of things. Um, when we come back, we will be discussing 
a recap and preview in the NFL. We're also going to talk the college football bowl slate, the whole daddy. We're going to pick every game on the board. Um, we're actually going to, you know, dissect a little deeper as we get into week by week. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, we're in that great that great time right now where you've got all these sports rolling. Make sure to follow me at the Proper Picks Pod on Twitter and TikTok where we release our daily free plays um, and our best bets every day. Um, yeah, and we'll see you all shortly. Why you always call my phone? Asking who I'm with, like, fuck if I know, but I can take them out, I can take them home. I can fall back, I can play the zone. I can turn them all like their favorite song. I can make sure that I ain't alone, but like Bernie, I made off and made a play. And played it the fair way, I'm Taylor Mays. It's better to burn out and fade away. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the Proper Picks Podcast. We're talking NFL. We're going to recap and preview for this coming week. Um, let's talk standings real quick, though. I mean, it's getting dicey, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming down to the nitty-gritty. We are 12 weeks in, heading into week 13. And the AFC East will start there. The Buffalo Bills have a one-game lead of the Miami Dolphins, which followed by the New York Jets and then the New England Patriots. Pretty strong division. Uh, worst team being 6-6 six and six with the Patriots. I think it's uh, it's been a weird year for this division because the Dolphins had all these injuries. But this is going to be huge coming down the stretch. Bills get the Jets this weekend, and then the Dolphins will be coming to town soon. And this division will be sewn up. I believe everybody predicted it would go the Bills. Um, but it's been closer than I think a lot of people thought. Uh, AFC North, Ravens 8-4, and four, but no Lamar Jackson for three weeks. Cincinnati Bengals at 8-4 and four seem to be riding the ship there um, and actually playing really pretty solid football away from their own building at 4-3. and three. Cleveland Browns 5-7 and seven, and the Steelers 5-7. and seven. Um, I think you can pretty much count out. This is coming down to Bengals-Ravens, which everybody thought, I would imagine, from the get-go. Um, I obviously I lean Bengals, personally. I just think the Ravens, if you're not going to have Lamar for one to three weeks, I don't know if Huntley can get the job done. Um, AFC South, Tennessee Titans fire their GM today, uh, and they're in first place, but apparently there's a lot more drama brewing there. Colts at 4-8, and eight, Jacksonville at 4-8, and eight, and Houston at 1-10. and 10. I mean, shit, it looks like Titans could just sleepwalk. Uh, you've got a three, three and a half game lead. I'm sorry, the Colts are actually four, eight, and one, so that does change a little bit. But um, Tennessee's gonna have to fall apart to not win this division. And the Colts, Jags, and Texans, the Texans are already eliminated at one and ten. They're just god awful. Um, they're vying for the uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud show. Um, the AFC West, thought to be a more hotly contested division, has the Kansas City Chiefs at nine and three, the Chargers at six and six, Raiders at five and seven, and the Broncos are three and nine. Let's just go ahead and eliminate the Broncos. I think that the Raiders want to have a chance here. They pretty much have to win out. And I think the Chargers also at six and six need to they need to really step it up. You've got Bengals, Ravens both at eight and four. You got the Dolphins and Jets at eight and four and seven and five, and even the Patriots at six and six. I mean, these these are all your wild card teams we're talking about here. Um, I don't know. This might be an interesting one where we thought maybe three or four teams had an opportunity from the West, and uh, maybe only one gets in. It's going into Chiefs, obviously. Um, moving into the NFC, the NFC East is stacked, which is so surprising. Um, out of nowhere, Philadelphia Eagles are 11 and one, best record in the NFL, 
And, you know, a lot of people have been waiting for them to fall off. This team's 5-0 and on the road. They've got a 112-point differential. Um, offense has just been – just lights out. Um, Cowboys coming up very strong, 9-3. and I think the Cowboys have a very favorable schedule the next three weeks. Um, got Houston, Jacksonville coming up. I mean, those should be two guaranteed wins. And then you're going to have the Eagles on deck. I think the trick here will be, will the Eagles lose another game besides that? But either way, it looks to be Philly and Eagle. Philly Philly and the Cowboys um, should be locked in. Giants at 7-4 and four and Commanders at 7-5. and five, um, Both have a tie because they tied each other last week. So um, it's interesting. I think uh, – I think the Giants and Commanders will miss out, but it's going to come down uh, very close here with maybe one of them might sneak in as another wild card play. And the NFC North, I really wish we'd have put a future prop bet on this. I told everyone all year I thought the Vikings were the division, and here we go. They're 10-2. and two. Um, The Lions are 5-7. and seven, The Packers are 5-8, and eight, and the Bears are 3-10. and 10. I think you can pretty much eliminate uh, – Bears, obviously, they're three and ten, and then the Packers and Lions, I just don't see it going their way. There's a chance for one of them to get in, but they'll pretty much have to win out. The Vikings are actually a dog this week on the road at Detroit. Vegas being Vegas, trying to sucker somebody. Um, and the NFC South, Blautown, six and six Tampa, five and eight Atlanta. Four and eight Carolina and four and nine New Orleans. I mean, this is the ugliest division of football. I'm not even going to waste my time with it. The NFC West, 49ers are rebounding nicely at eight and four. They have taken the lead in the division. The Seahawks, seven and five, having a great year. Cardinals and Rams, just trash. I think the Rams, um, it's not a surprise because Stafford has been out and banged up, but they weren't good when he was playing. So um, that is kind of your setup right now where it looks like you would have Philly as the one, Vikings as the two. Sam Fran as the three, Tampa as the four, Dallas as the five, uh, looks like New York as the six, and Seattle as the seven as we speak. And up top in the AFC it would be the Kansas City Chiefs at the one. I'm sorry, Buffalo Bills at the one, Kansas City at the two, Tennessee at the four? Yeah, Baltimore at the three right now, Tennessee at the four. You have the Bengals at the five, the Dolphins at the six, uh, you'd have the Jets at the seven, so that's just crazy. Um, let's recap a little last week. We had Buffalo, New England on Thursday. Buffalo wins 24 to 10, kind of an ugly ball game. Pittsburgh gets a big win for them um, against Atlanta, 19 to 16. They're starting to look a little better up there in Pittsburgh. Green Bay beats Chicago, no shocker there. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers owns Chicago. He's made it clear. Detroit throttles Jacksonville 40-14. to 14. That team's starting to scare some folks. Five and seven, huge rebound year for them. Uh, Vikings win 27-22. Uh, came down to a heater at the end. Uh, they had to get a goal line stop at the end of the game, but they were dominating this ball game and just kind of let off the gas. Uh, Washington, Washington, New York ends in a 20-20 tie. Um was a big game for the division for each team. Just no one could get it done. Uh, Philly blast Tennessee, thirty-five to ten. Ugly game for the Titans. Um, just doesn't uh, doesn't feel good when AJ Brown's on the other side of the Titans, dropping one hundred and twenty yards for the game. Uh, Baltimore survives Denver, ten to nine. The Broncos are just god awful. Russell Wilson, this just is not working. Let's just be honest here; it's not. Cleveland beats Houston, twenty-seven to fourteen. Seattle takes on the Rams and gets a nice win, 27-23. Um, 
Sam Fran just puts the hammer down on Miami at home. I think a lot of people expected Sam Fran to win, but I, I imagine Miami would hang in a little better. Cincinnati KC was the game of the week, 27-24. And I tell you what, since he has KC's number at the moment, I think Kansas City at home um, would be, you know, a little favorite, more favorable matchup for them. But it's going to be an interesting one there coming out of that uh, that AFC. I like Kansas City, Cincy, or Buffalo as to be that walk away. Los Angeles Chargers at the Raiders, and they lose. Justin Herbert throws for 335. Josh Jacobs runs for a buck 44. Devontae Adams, 177. Your stars being stars. Dallas wins 54 to 19 at home against, I'm sorry, on at home against the Colts. This was a two-point game mid-third quarter, and Dallas just put the freaking hammer down defensively. Uh, Matt Ryan just, he looks old. And the New Orleans at Tampa Bay, when I say game of the week earlier, I just meant because Burrow and Kansas City, you know, it's just Mahomes, Burrow, and it comes down to the end. It was a great ball game. New Orleans, Tampa probably had the best finish. Brady leads him back down the field at the end. Ugly game. Neither one of these teams are any good. Um just not much you can say about that. Brady threw for 281, but you know, it's just it's it's slow and boring to watch, and I don't know what's going on there. Um, as we move into this week, tomorrow evening, we've got the Raiders at the Rams. Perfect game for uh, Amazon Prime because it'll be a snoozer. Um, I like I like the Raiders to win here. The spread six. That's just one we won't be touching, most likely. New York at Buffalo, huge game for that division. Like Buffalo there. Cleveland at Cincinnati, can't not like Cincinnati there to win that ball game. Houston at Dallas. Dallas is a 17-point favorite. Houston getting no love, as they shouldn't. Dallas will probably win an ugly ball game, in my opinion, here. Something like 30-14, to 30-17. I don't know if the cover's in play, but they should get out to a lead early and just you know, get the backups in because this will be almost like a bye week if they can play it right. Minnesota at Detroit, interesting game um, for some seeding when it comes to the playoff picture, um, and Detroit needs this win. This would be huge for them if they could get it. Jacksonville at Tennessee, uh, you know, who knows? That division's, like I said, here's your division game. If Tennessee wins this one, the division's pretty much locked up. Philly at New York, this one's going to be a little interesting to me. Um, this is pretty much, to me, be New York's last gasp at, um, kind of emerging themselves as a real contender. I think uh, I think Philly's going to be a little too strong. We'll take Philly there. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. I actually like Pittsburgh here, to be honest. I know Baltimore's the early uh, favorite, but I just think Pittsburgh's been playing well. They play well at home. Baltimore, just nothing on offense, and especially not, uh, you know, not with – Lamar Jackson being out. Kansas City at Denver. This thing should and could get really ugly. That's going to be the line we're staring at. I just, you know, Kansas Denver's defense is good. Don't get me wrong, but I just think Kansas City has too much in the tank for Denver. The question is, can they cover the nine? And uh, traditionally, road favorite, road divisional favorites over a touchdown, I do not like to touch. This one's going to be interesting. Tampa at San Fran. Tom Brady kind of coming home here. This should be a good ball game, in my opinion, just because Tampa Bay's defense pretty much keeps people in the building. San Fran's going to be rolling out um, Brock Purdy, it looks like, at quarterback. This is, this just sets up to be another snoozer. Carolina at Seattle. We like Seattle. They're minus the three and a half, minus the four, whichever way you can get it. Um, Seattle 
will be having a tough stretch uh, schedule coming down to the finish, and this should be a game they want to go ahead and just snag. Miami at Chargers, to me, is probably the game of the week. A lot of implications on the line. Chargers have to have a win. Miami also having to get a win to stay in the hunt. Uh, Miami's, you know, back-to-back road games out uh, – you know, out on the West Coast, it's a night game on NBC. That should be just set up really nice. New England at Arizona for Monday Night Football. That's a snoozer. Um, bye week. This is interesting. We've got six teams on a bye in week 13, and they've really got to actually do something about this because I know no one in the NFL cares about fantasy football. We get it. We know. But you can't have six teams on a bye in week 13 when playoffs are starting in a lot of leagues this week. I mean, think about the players that are missing. Jonathan Taylor, you know, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields. I mean, there's just a lot of names that aren't playing this week. And then also to think that these six teams have had to play 12 straight weeks. That's a gauntlet, you know. I mean, it's a well-deserved rest for them, but it's unbelievable. Um, that six teams are capturing a bye on week 13. Actually, it's week 14, technically, in the NFL. So that is our uh, quick cap. Like I said, we're just picking winners there. Um, Spreads will be covered in the best bet segment. Make sure to follow me at the Proper Picks Pod on Twitter um, and on TikTok where we're giving out our free bets and best bets every single day. Had a beautiful night last night. Um, Four and one plus 3.95 units that's on a $400 day. We needed a nice bounce back. Needed to see one go through the hoop, if you will. Um, Had the worst week in proper picks history last week, um, mainly based out of college football, which is shocking, but uh, our worst week in over a year. So we needed a little, uh, little flavor saver this week for sure. When we come back, we're talking college football bowls, um, and we're going to pick some winners. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the Proper Fix Podcast, and we are talking bowl season. It's fun, by It's depressing almost. We're about to roll into about 30 bowl games, our college football playoff, and, you know, wash our hands of the 2022 football season and then have to wait eight months. But, you know, there's always storylines. There's always stuff to talk about. Portal, recruit early recruiting, signing period, players opting out for the draft, players that are going to announce they're staying. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's everything. Um, let's just lead it off right out the gate. Playoffs. We've got Michigan versus TCU. That's going to be in the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale. This one's very interesting to me. The Michigan running back Corum is out. Um, this line set up at seven and a half, and I really like TCU on the line, and I kind of want to sprinkle a little on TCU money line. I just think Michigan, while they're a very good football team, don't get me wrong, I think they play in the second best, if not the best conference, and they've gone undefeated. I just don't know um, without Corum how efficient they'll be on the ground. I think TCU obviously has the offensive power to hang. It'll, to me, the biggest question here is going to be 
what is TCU's defense going to look like against Michigan. Um, that's going to be a really good ball game. I, th- I, I think both these games should be very good. And then switching down to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, we're going to have number one Georgia versus number four Ohio State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Um, both these games will be on um, the Saturday, December 31st. Um, this one's interesting to me. Best best receiver, you know, second best or best receiver from Ohio State is not going to play. I think Ohio State backdoored their way in. You get two teams out of the Big Ten, which is so funny. You don't hear anybody whining when it's two teams out of the Big Ten, but when it's two teams out of the SEC, it's just unfair. Um, let's face it, Ohio State and Michigan both deserve to be there, so they got to be there. That's just no way fans are butts about it. Um, this one's interesting. I think Georgia's defense is top tier. I think it'll be scary for Ohio State if you give Georgia a month to prepare for you. This thing reminds me of Clemson, um, Ohio State a couple years ago, where no one will give Ohio State a chance. Um, even though it's a touchdown spread, that's how it was seven in that game, Clemson, Ohio State, and Ohio State went out and shocked them. Um, I just think the difference here is, is that Georgia's defense is that good. Um, Ohio State's all defense is not so there's your game will the defensive if the defenses play like they did all year i think this is georgia's ball game to lose stetson bennett has been a very strong solid game managing type quarterback all year he's not going to probably win you a game like this and he's certainly not going to lose it for you and i i just lean georgia there the the, game, the spreads at six and a half i don't really want to touch that per se but we'll take georgia on the money line there and then moving into all the sexy ones, basically the games that no one's going to care about except the fans of the teams that are playing. Um, in the Bahamas Bowl, you got Miami, Ohio versus UAB. This one's, you know, Conference USA versus MAC. We're going to take Conference USA, UAB. Um, in this one, you got UTSA, Troy. UTSA has done a lot of a lot of good things over there the last two years. They're kind of becoming the new Boise State. Troy, to me, has just been there before, done it. You You know the name. This is in the trading Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. That should be a doozy. We're going to lean Troy in that one. Cincinnati versus Louisville. Louisville is a slight favorite in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. This thing's going to be played at Fenway Park in Boston, which is pretty cool. Um, that's going to be on Saturday, December 17th. I'm going to lean Cincinnati in this one. Um, it's interesting because both teams have lost their head coach. And I just think Cincinnati's got a better, better team this year. In the Cricket Celebration Bowl, you got Jackson State versus North Carolina Central. Jackson State, huge favorite. But I'm going to lean North Carolina Central with the points there at plus 16. I just think uh, they've been beating up on teams the last couple of years, and now dion has gone. And I imagine uh, a handful of their best players are going to be out as well. That's just my thought on this. Um, I'm going to have to do a little more reading. But if what I saw was correct, Jackson State's going to be missing probably their best – their quarterback, their running back, their two best receivers. I don't know how that equates, what their backups look like, but uh, we're going to take North Carolina Central with the points. SMU versus BYU. This should be a good ball game. I believe SMU is a one-point favorite. We're going to take BYU plus the one there. That's going to be the New Mexico Bowl. And the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, um, Washington State versus Fresno State. Uh, Fresno opened as the dog and has been bet all the way up here. Um, tells you that the pundits are banking that Fresno will come out a little, little hot in this one. We'll take Fresno on the money line. No points needed here. We're just going to st- bet the straight game. Rice for Southern Miss. This is the Lending Tree Bowl in our hometown of Mobile, Alabama. Don't think I'm going to be able to get to this. I would like to go to a bowl game, but um, that's a tough one. 
I mean, it's a coin flip. We'll take Southern Miss. Now, they're minus seven. We would just say take them on the money line if you're betting this. But uh, this one's just one of those ones where if you're going to bet it, gun to my head, Southern Miss minus the seven. Florida versus Oregon State, very interesting. Anthony Richardson has opted out to go to the draft. Um, this is the Las Vegas Bowl. Oregon State had a very good year. Florida hung in in the SEC, played okay. But now you see a world where you don't have your quarterback and Florida's getting 10 here. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to take the SEC team plus the 10. If Oregon State blows Florida out, more power to them. In the Frisco Bowl, you got North Texas versus Boise State. I'm going to have to check this one, but Boise State's quarterback has entered the portal, so I'm going to have to go digging a little bit. I like Boise all the way um, until he hit the portal. That's kind of what we talked about in the intro, about being very strategic with your bowl bets to make sure who's in, who's out. Uh, but we'll still lean Boise there, slight lean. Uh, Monday the 19th, you got the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Marshall versus UConn. Give me UConn plus the points. Um, Idaho Potato Bowl, Eastern Michigan versus San Jose State. San Jose's minus three. I've actually bet San Jose a couple times this year and seen them play several times. Um, I like their coach. He's a gamer. Quarterback's actually pretty decent as well. They played Auburn, so I got to watch them for a full four quarters against, you know, an SEC team. Eastern Michigan had a good year. It's, you know, I just think San Jose's got the got the horses to take them down. Give me San Jose with the points. Liberty, Liberty versus Toledo. Liberty would be a favorite here if Hugh Freeze had not bounced. Uh, this is the Boca Raton Bowl down in Florida. Toledo minus four. Give me Toledo with the points. We've got the New Orleans Bowl in the Superdome. South Alabama versus Western Kentucky. Austin Reed, the starting quarterback from Western Kentucky, who's had an amazing year, um, is now in the portal. Give me South. South big in this one. West, I believe I read Western Kentucky's backup quarterback's combined have thrown 16 passes this year um that is not a recipe for success to go up against a really solid 10 and 2 south alabama team and one fake dumbass field goal away from beating ucla and going 11 and 1 um very good year out of south baylor at air force baylor a six seven point favorite give me baylor with the points louisiana versus houston and the independence bowl in shreveport louisiana been there for a couple of Auburn Bowl games. Uh, this one's Louisiana's backyard, sort of. Give me Houston, minus the seven. Weird year for Houston. Wake Forest and Missouri. This should be a really good ball game, I feel like. Um, Missouri has played every team in the SEC really strong. They've struggled to get wins. Now, there's some portal issues. Lovett, Dominic Lovett has hit the portal. He's their best wide receiver. Wake Forest, Sam Hartman. We'll have to wait and see on him. I like Missouri plus the two and a half at the current moment. But if Sam Hartman doesn't play, I'm hammering Missouri. Um, but I think this could be ended up being a really good game, especially the way Missouri finished out the season. That's going to be in the Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Florida. Interesting name, Union Home Mortgage. Um, and the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, we got Middle Tennessee versus San Diego State. Give me the Aztecs with the points. New Mexico State versus Bowling Green. What a snoozer. It's Monday, the day after Christmas. Uh, I don't know. I'm coin flipping here. Give me New Mexico State as the dog. Georgia Southern versus Buffalo. Uh, Georgia Southern is a slight favorite here. This is actually the Cranton Bowl in Montgomery. Give me Georgia Southern with the points. Memphis versus Utah State. Memphis, a what I saw was a seven and a half point favorite. It's a weird one, to be honest. This is in uh, Ford Stadium in Dallas. 
Uh, give me Utah State as the dog there. Coastal Carolina versus ECU. This is going to be in the Protective Life Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. Notice all these bowl games are being played in the South for the weather. Um, this one's interesting to me because Coastal Carolina's coach is uh, now gone. He is going to take over where Hugh Freeze left at Liberty. East Carolina had a very good team, and it looks like to me that East Carolina is pretty protected in the portal and obviously does not have any guys opting out early. So give me East Carolina. Huge spread here to take in a bowl game. But um, seeing what Coastal Carolina did in that last game of the season – getting it handed to him, coach leaves. There's probably going to be some portal stuff there, you know, when a coach leaves. Um, how prepared will the interim get him there? East Carolina coach is priming for a Power 5 job. Um, I like them a lot here. Give me the minus 9. Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State. God, another one. Who knows? Two very different football teams. You got ground and pound and defense out of Wisconsin, and then you got air raid. Um, with Gundy and no defense, Derek Mason, uh, you know, that one's interesting. We're not even going to dive into that one. But uh, give me Oklahoma State there. It's tricky. The backup quarterback's actually pretty good. Sanders is hitting the portal, but that's going to be the guaranteed rate bowl. Military bowl, UCF versus Duke. Give me UCF with the points. Kansas versus Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. Arkansas minus four. K.J. Jefferson announcing he's coming back kind of solidifies to me that I'll take Arkansas minus the four here. Um, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Jesus Christ. Oregon versus North Carolina. Oregon's opened up as a massive favorite. And I had to go digging last night to see, is Drake May not playing? I mean, is this just based off the fact that they think North Carolina can't hang with Oregon? Bo Nix will probably be a go He's been banged up the last several weeks. I like North Carolina with the points here. I think this is going to be a good ball game. Um, numbers too high, in my opinion. Double-digit favorite out of Oregon. Um, the Texas Bowl, the Tax Act Texas Bowl. You get Texas Tech versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss needs this. Lane Kiffin loses four out of his last five and then also announces he's coming back and not going to slide over to Auburn. Texas Tech, it's been an up-and-down year for them. I think this will be a good game, personally. I think Ole Miss slightly uh, – at the end, pulls it away. We'll take them on the money line. No points necessary there. Syracuse at Minnesota. Give me Minnesota all day long. This that game's going to be at Yankee Stadium. I just don't think Syracuse uh, was as good as we made them out to be. I believe they were five and zero, and game day was at Clemson, and Clemson ends up like edging them out, and everyone was like, Syracuse is going to be really good, and, you know, ten and two type team, and they just fell down the wayside. But give me Fleck at Minnesota. Oklahoma versus Florida State. Oklahoma has a lot of portal. Florida State finished the season real hot. The spread's big. It's like seven and a half. No one thinks Oklahoma has a chance. Give me Oklahoma with the points. Texas versus Washington. Texas does what Texas does. Uh, they get a almost touchdown spread because they're Texas. Give me Washington. I think Penix might have a massive day. This will be a, one of these games for me where it's a little storyline-y. Um, he had a monster season this year, had Washington back kind of where they need to be, and then he announces he's coming back. I think this would be a great way to finish off the season and start a campaign for him for a Heisman candidate next year out of the Pac-12. Give me Washington plus the six and a half, and if I can get it to seven, I will do so. December 30th in the Duke-Mayo Bowl, Maryland versus NC State. With no Leary, I'm taking Maryland. 
Tiger Sun Bowl, Pittsburgh versus UCLA. Give me UCLA all day long here. Slavis is going to hit the portal for Pittsburgh. No idea who their backup is, but if he's not as good as Slavis, who wasn't that good this year anyway, give me UCLA all day. Notre Dame versus South Carolina. I'm probably on the opposite side of a lot of people. They're going to see this game, the betting public, minus three and a half Notre Dame, and they're going to hammer Notre Dame, I bet. That's just my take here. Notre Dame had some big wins, some shitty losses, but I like South Carolina to come in here and get this win. Plus 145 on the money line, South Carolina plus three and a half. I'm thinking you take a two-unit type play on South Carolina with the points, and you sprinkle maybe a half unit on the money line just for a little savory treat to say you were right. Um, this is the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. I think South Carolina wants to prove a point. Rattler says he's coming back. Rattler finishes the season off strong. He's got a case to make to be a Heisman candidate next year if he has a big year. Notre Dame, on the other hand, is going to lose the quarterback. Um, I don't think Notre Dame's a bad football team, and I think South Carolina's defense is a little sketchy at times, but just something about this game reeks of uh, SEC coming in and getting a win. You've got Ohio versus Wyoming. Give me Ohio. Tennessee versus Clemson in the Orange Bowl. This is where we get a little tasty. Tennessee will not have Hendon Hooker. They'll have Joe Milton. Clemson's got, you know, the star player, DJ Ugolele, hitting the portal, but Kubiak at, you know, as the backup is probably better. This one's tricky. I see a close game, but I'm going to take the dog here plus the seven just because I think this is going to be a one-possession game. If it is one possession, Clemson can't cover, obviously. Um, this game's going to be in Miami at the Hard Rock. It's going to be a fun one. We'll be definitely be watching that. Iowa and Kentucky. If Levis plays, give me Kentucky all day long. This dude's going to want to go out and do something to finish the season. This might be the lowest scoring bowl game of the year. Two very good defenses and two very shitty offenses going at it. Blows my mind that this Levis kid is a number three pick on the board right now, but they're not really looking at it. Uh, they're looking more at the intangibles, not with the you know not the shitty offensive line that's been put in front of them. You know. Pump the brakes. This might be one of the biggest bets of the bowl season for me if everyone's you know going to play, um, you know play it out according to plan here. I like Kentucky a lot against Iowa. They are the better team. Iowa has no offense. Kentucky should have everything in you know in the bag to play with them. This game's going to be close though. So when I say we might lay five units on it be prepared for a sweat, but I think Kentucky gets the win when it's all said and done. The really interesting game to me is Bama, Kansas State. Bama opened as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and it's all the way down to three-and-a-half, and this is where it's weird to me. That line was set at five-and-a-half, and no, there's no news that Bryce Young isn't playing. I think Bama fans will be pissed when he comes out and says that he's foregoing it and going to the draft, and it might leave some salt on the wound for them. It would be a smart business move for the guy. This is one of those Bama, Utah, Bama, Oklahoma setups where there's going to be a lot of Bama dudes that are going to be considering sitting out. Maybe they rally together and come out and play. Something about this to me, though, still says that Bama wins this ballgame. I even think Milrow, a quarterback, can play with this Kansas State team. Kansas State's a lot better than people think, but you also got to imagine K State, no offense to the Big 12, and I know everybody was talking about them being good from top to bottom, but this is just not the defense you want to go up against if you're K-State. I think they will come out and play inspired. I think they're going to have a great game plan for Bama because they got a month to prepare. Um, if they come out and say Bryce Young's out, gives them even more fuel to the fire to come out and shock the world. But something about it still says take Bama here. 
I don't think Saban wants to lose. You know, in these type of scenarios where Bama does not reach the playoff, and I'm trying to think. I know it was 2010 and it was 2013, I believe, yes, um, where Bama did not get to go to the Natty and they had to go to the crappy bowl game. Um, they went out and dominated these bowl games. I believe 2010 was Michigan State, and maybe 2013 was Michigan State again. Um, and just beat the crap out of them. I don't see Saban having a problem getting them motivated. In the ReliaQuest Bowl, Mississippi State versus Illinois, um, I'm going to take Mississippi State here. I think uh, I think Illinois kind of faded out at the end of the year. This will be a big game for Bielma and his program, so I think they'll be motivated, and I look for it to be close. Two very polar opposite type teams, but I think Mississippi State is just as good as Illinois on defense and better on offense. LSU-Purdue. Give me Purdue plus the points here. I think LSU is going to be coasting into this one. Um, I think this will be close, and I think Purdue is one of these games where this will be huge for their program, where for LSU it's more of a vacation. I do think LSU is the better team, but I think LSU wins a close game, like 28-24, 31-28 type ball game. USC versus Tulane. This is the one that I cannot figure out. Um, with or without Caleb Williams, how is USC only a one-point favorite? Are you telling me the backup with a month to prepare can't beat this Tulane team? I think Tulane is overrated. I think 16 is just ridiculous that this team who plays this schedule, I mean, what, Central Florida and Cincy are your two hardest games? You you know, this isn't a 12-0 Boise team. Um, I do think they will be fired up getting to play in the Cowboys Stadium and getting to play Lincoln Riley and USC. But I don't know why this feels like the bet of the bowl season. I think Vegas is trapping so they know something or they you know, they see something happening that we don't, but my god, how I cannot lay a 10 unit massive mega whale goat max play. I just don't know. Um got to, you know, we've got a little time on this one. I believe this game is yeah, January 2nd, so we're not going to lay it yet, but you want to kind of wait till around Christmas. I want to wait and see if it's moving up to a field goal. If it starts trickling 1 to 1.5 to 2, 2.5, I'm going to jump on it because you'll start seeing the money come in on that side. And then the last game, last bowl game will be the Rose Bowl, Utah at Penn State. This is tricky. Utah showed up really well against Ohio State last year. Um and I think Utah finished the season so strong. Penn State is just such a question mark. They're going to have a couple guys, Joey Porter and a couple guys opting out for the draft. Um, I think this is a ball game. I think this is just a watch game. Don't bet it unless you're just bored and you want to put a quarter unit down, something small, tiny, just to get your whistle wet. Um, but I'm going to take Utah here. I just think they, you know, they're not really traveling. Penn State's going to be excited to be there, I would imagine, to be in the Rose Bowl. But Utah, this is would be back-to-back Rose Bowls for them, and they came up short last year against Ohio State. Tried to be as quick as I could there. That's 20 minutes on the bowl, the bowl uh, predictions. Um, we will be, uh, you know, dropping best bets on these bowl games as they go. You can kind of hear already where I'm leaning, the USC, the Kentucky, the Alabama. Um, you know, there's some potential money to be made here. We just got to be real careful and selecting these ball games while we don't know yet who all is playing. There's a lot of coaching moves, a lot of portal moves. You got to be up on your shit if you want to make some money during bowl season. Make sure to follow me at the Proper Picks Pod on Twitter and TikTok, where we release our best bets and free plays every single day. When we come back, it's the best bets. Yeah.
off my ex girl got a bait now, but she still let me stay now. I got a Dallas and an H Town boo, got a Betty on Cape Town too. Ooh, 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 ooh. Whole gang in steakhouse food, get the check, I ain't checking what it came out to. I tell promoters I don't talk about the money, you know who they hand the envelope to. Big John got the cash and he been the go to. Heard the beat, told him he put it in the Pro Tools, got a fountain on the chain and it's in the go blue. Ladies and gentlemen. We are back with the Proper Picks Podcast. We are back into the best bets edition of the show. I'll tell you what, this is where the weekly pod can get a little interesting because we are running out of college football games, you know, moving into the bowl season, so we don't have as big a slate to choose from as we slide into college basketball, which can always be trickier because we don't have lines for you know games three four days from now. Just don't have access to them. Um, so what we got to do is be real clear on day by day drops, and then obviously we're hitting NFL um, and golf. We'll rev back up here in probably a month or so. First things first, we will get into today's slate. And to be honest, for a Wednesday, it is a juicy one. Kicking us off at six p.m., we're taking Fairfield minus seven and a half. <clears throat> excuse me, against Sacred Heart. Don't have to overthink this one too much. Um, when you look at both these teams, Fairfield's 3-6, and six, Sacred Heart's 5-4. and four. Sacred Heart, though, has played D2 and sub-350 Ken Palm teams pretty much all year. Well, Fairfield's been tested. This will also be Fairfield's first home game, um, you know, against a lower level team and most of the teams that have been playing have been decent level squads so we're going to take them minus seven and a half we're taking tennessee minus 15 first half line against eastern kentucky it's not even that eastern kentucky's that bad tennessee's just blowing folks out uh they're winning games by 30 or 40 and we're just looking for them at home where they're kind of gearing up for the sec slate they're coming into form like them a lot southeastern missouri plus one and a half at home against indiana fort wayne it's a three unit play big bet for the day um both teams five and four but both teams have played considerably different types of talent um the southeastern missouri squad just took missouri down to the wire um they've played bradley and a couple other teams you see davis real close on the other side fort wayne they're losing to Southern Miss by 12. Um, Northwestern got them by 12. Detroit got them by 11. I think this thing just sets up that most of the world's probably going to be on Fort Wayne because they the skid that Southeastern's been on. But Southeastern plays good defense and especially at home, and we're going to ride them plus one and a half. Bucks minus six tonight for a half unit against Sacramento. Simple as this, I'm riding Giannis at home. I think De'Aaron Fox is going to have a night for Sacramento, but will any of the rest of the boys step up? Um, I like Milwaukee, and honestly, I kind of like it in a runaway. That's going to be a half-unit play. Washington State minus 12 for a unit against Northern Kentucky. I'm going to be honest with you, this is a long travel for uh, Northern Kentucky. They're going across the country here. Washington State needs this one bad. They, uh, They lose to Oregon. And they lose to, let me bring it up real quick, they lose to Utah in overtime, 67-65. to 65. Sandwiched in between some Pac-12 games is Northern Kentucky coming to town, a kind of a get-right, bounce-back scenario. Um, Northern Kentucky's coming off three straight wins, but guys, it's Tennessee Tech, Youngstown State, and Robert Morris. Um, not the stiffest of competition. I like the uh, Cougars tonight, minus 12 for a unit. And then late night, well, late night for here, 
We're gonna take. We're gonna fade the best record in the NBA. We're gonna take the Phoenix Suns at home on the money line plus one ten for a half unit against the Boston Celtics. Uh, Celtics are hot. Don't get me wrong, but Suns are, I believe, nine and one when coming off a loss against the spread over their last ten. Uh, a lot of good statistics point towards this being a nice night, and we get them at their home building. These two teams played last year, one at Boston, one at Phoenix. Uh, Boston killed them in, in at home, and then Phoenix killed them at home, so I think it's setting up for a similar type scenario. We'll slide on to the NFL this week. We're taking the Rams plus six on Thursday night against the Raiders. Um, I don't want to overthink this one here. I think everyone, for some reason, is in love with the Raiders all year long. I just think they're very average. Who knows what the Rams are going to throw out there quarterback-wise as they just scoop Baker Mayfield off waivers. Um, even if they don't throw Baker, I just think there's enough defense out of the Rams to keep it you know, basically within a one-score game. If you lose by seven there, that'd be kind of tough. I look for that to be a 24-20-17-14 type ballgame, low scoring. Um, I think the Rams' D can keep Carr in check. Um, holding Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs has not been the easiest feat. Moving into Sunday, we're going to take the most square dog of the year and take the Vikings plus two and a half against the Detroit Lions. I feel like Vegas got murdered last week. Uh, I believe the favorites went 12-1 and one against the spread. That is not something they like considering everyone bets favorites. I think now, more than ever, they're throwing out some sneaky lines this week to try and get people on, you know, you know, to go ahead and bet the favorite. All the money's pouring in on Detroit. It's exactly what they want. I'm telling you, we're going to hammer the Vikings. It's going to be a three-unit play for us, plus two and a half. I've actually been on the Vikings a lot this year. Um, it just five and seven versus ten and two. You're staring at it, and that's what they want you to do is stare at it and go, damn, but Lions are going to win this game. And, you know, it's sports. Anything could happen. But I'm going to ride the ten and two team who plays in a dome already going to play in another dome. Yeah, crowd noise will be a thing, and Detroit fans are pretty animated for being 5-7, and seven, but this is Kirk Thuggins, Jay Jeff, Dalvin Cook, and now TJ Hawkinson coming to town on a little payback visit for his old former team. Um, we're going to take the Titans minus 3.5 against Jacksonville. we got a divisional game, but I think this is more importantly a bounce-back game for Tennessee. We're going to have another two units on this game. Um if we could potentially find it at three, if it goes down, we'll get on that as well. But I just didn't want to get anything um, under four. Titans got blown out last week against, on by record, the best team in the NFL, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Fired the GM this week. Um, <clears throat> to me, it sets up for a bounce back. Jacksonville's played people good. I'm not going to scoff at the Jags like we have over the last couple of years. But Lawrence got pretty banged up in the last game. Their offense is sketchy as hell. The defense is, isn't bad. I just see a world where Derrick Henry might have one of those Derrick Henry-type performances, you know, 25 carries for 180 and two scores. Tannehill just doesn't need to boof this up. Um, in the afternoon spot, we're going to take the Seahawks at home against Carolina. Seattle's got some games coming up that are going to be must-wins for them. Um This starts it. You've got to beat Carolina here in this spot. And I'm honestly got a sneaky feeling that Carolina, while we thought they were going to tank five weeks ago, I think here comes the tank. And you've got right now a scenario where the um, Houston Texans and Jacksonville are going to kind of vie for the worst uh, worst team and, you know, to go for that number one pick. 
And right now, with Houston being 1-10 and and taking on the Cowboys this week, it doesn't seem chaseable. But they are in a tricky spot here because the Colts, who are also in their division, are also 4-8. and You've got the 3-10 and Bears, 4-9 and Saints. You know, there's um, there's teams all over the map here that are going to be vying for some quarterbacks, if you will. And I just can't see a world where they go to Seattle, who's played very well. Geno Smith has played really good football. The defense has been decent. I wouldn't say great, but decent. And Geno has played really well to carry that team. To get under a score here kind of surprises me. I'm never surprised when the NFL drops a spread because they're always trying to get action on both sides. Um, and I think they do want us to take the Seahawks here. So maybe, you know, maybe you see a little Carolina firepower, but I just can't imagine a world where we sit there at the end of this ballgame and think Carolina covers the four. And then moving into Monday night, we're going to take Arizona at home plus one and a half. A lot of people are down on the cards. I get why. New England's coming in six and six, chance at a playoff run. But I think Kyler Murray might want to put on a show on Monday night football. He's kind of a, you know, gamer type when it comes to these kind of moments. I look for this game to be close. And I look for Arizona to get the win outright. That's going to be our slate um, that we've pre-booked. You got tonight's five, six games that we've laid out for you. Those are on Twitter and TikTok. And then we've got the NFL games that we're currently going to hold. The day-by-day uh, day is where, you know, if you're on Twitter, make sure to follow me at the Proper Picks Pod. Um, if you're on TikTok, same deal, at Proper Picks Pod. We're dropping free bets. Um, full cards, best bets, everything we got is coming through those two services. And then every Wednesday we drop the show to kind of get ahead of it. It really plays in better when you have college football and pro together, but we're obviously still got plays for the weekend on Sunday and Monday. And then obviously as golf ramps back up where we were so hot last year, we'll be giving those out on Wednesday as well. Hope everybody has a great weekend. We will be back next week, um, you know, talking some more college football bowl season, NFL wrap-ups as we get uh, closer to deciding these playoff pictures. Fantasy football is underway for the finals and semis. Hope everybody has a great weekend. We'll be back soon.